Genre. to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, yet another iconic line split in half at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And joining us for the final time this week and on this podcast, which is crazy, uh, Scott Corelli. Yes, I'm going, I'm re-entering retirement after this. Go back into the cave. Right, twenty minutes from now, I'm done mm-hmm. for reals. <laughs> where, where, where's the what, what, where's the place where the where the dead elves go at the, the end of this oh, movie? Oh, Valinor. Yeah, just yeah, that's where I'm going after this. <laughs> yep. Get back on the boat. <laughs> yeah. Beyond the silver, I had to make curtain. a pit stop. <laughs> I had to make a pit stop, but <laughs> I had to pit. I had to make a pit stop for snacks. There you go. But... Yeah. Um, the snacks are, are Gimli and, <laughs> <laughs> and Sam and Frodo. Oh my god. So so today uh, Aragorn. <laughs> Legolas. Legolas. Oh my god. So today we're talking about minute two oh five. Which starts Can't forget with... Carl Urban. Oh no, no, no! He's a meal. <laughs> <laughs> He'll keep you full. <laughs> this is a family-friendly podcast. So mostly, is mostly, it? no. Is it? We, we try. We, we try. try. We try our best. <laughs> uh, today we're talking about minute two hundred five, which starts with Sam. Um, saying they'll and they'll be sowing the summer barley in the lower fields, um, and it ends with Sam saying, "But I, I can't mm-hmm. carry it for you." But, but I, I. Mm-hmm. and then it just goes into "I will always love you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Frank because Frodo's dead. <laughs> no. <laughs> How dare! Uh, I swear! I swear! I'm not wrong about this. He definitely dies here. <laughs> He's dying. 40 minutes of movie yeah. left. Main character just dies. Yeah, drops yeah. dead. And then, Go- and then Gollum shows up and saves the day. That's how this ends, right? Gollum's yes. the ultimate hero. Yes, Scott. That's yeah, at the end of the day. That was his part to play yeah. all along. Yeah. It was set yeah. up all the way back in Fellowship with Gandalf's speech to Frodo. <laughs> yeah, see? I know oh what I'm talking God. about. <laughs> but yeah, this this dialogue between I'm one minute from retirement, so I'm 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 already checked out. <laughs> He's I've, got, out. I've <laughs> got senioritis. I've got senioritis. <laughs> yeah. Well this is the this is the moment that you wanted to talk about. So. Yeah, it is. That's true. That is true. <laughs> I uh I mean I just I I I I love these two. I, I'm a big fan of um of uh of of just like I don't know, like allowing like guys to have emotions with each other uh, uh-huh. in in movies, because there's just so so often there's there's just this thing where it's like, oh yeah, male friends don't love each other. They just 
they're they're very fond of each other and they bond like men um and uh i just like that these two like you know they're having a cuddle and they're talking about you know supporting each other and mm-hmm. enjoying nice things together in the future possibly uh right. and uh and and yeah i don't know like i just i really i really it's really nice it's really nice and obviously you know there's a lot of subtext to pull from here um and uh uh which which i don't i don't have any issues with uh but mm-hmm. just in general i just like seeing this uh this this sort of thing and it's not I don't remember an instance of it that really like grabbed me before seeing this in theaters in 03. Mm. Um, I, I can't, I can't think of another instance of like outside of like, I don't know, maybe some kid stuff, um, you know, like childhood friend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any like adult men. I mean, they're hobbits, but adult men <laughs> who, <laughs> who adult hobbits. just like on a bat. Yeah, who just unabashedly, uh, uh, you know, love each other like these two do, um, mm-hmm. and like support each other and care about each other, and it's just, uh, it was. I just remember it being really refreshing, uh, and then looking around at the people I saw this movie with and being like, "Wow, I don't, I don't care about any of you as much as like as this Sam and Frodo cared about each other." <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I learned I should stop hanging out with my high school friends. <laughs> Right. It's like, would I, would I crawl my way up a mountain and and cradle you in my, my arms? No. Yeah. Love that guy. Take a bullet for that guy. He's a great guy. (laughs) Well, I think like, that's the the thing I I like. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing I like about this trilogy as a whole, though, is like all of the, the characters are very tender with each other. Um, right mm-hmm. they're not a, they're not afraid to like you know right the only snuggle the only the only male relationship that kind of still plays in kind of this gruff tacit acknowledgement of their feelings is legolas and gimli right but that's a that's a whole other thing right but that it's intended to be just like a small bit of character growth and not like a whole thing to narratively hang your hat on yeah so mm-hmm. it, it's and it's more about the dwarves just being depicted as super gruff to begin with. Mm-hmm. So just the tacit acknowledgement yeah. of I, I could do that. Dude, they literally build a boat together and sail off to heaven. Yeah, I know. That's but that that's long it after this. It ships itself. Right. They're on a ship. Legolas built the ship himself. <laughs> right. <laughs> it sailed. It shipped itself. <laughs> shipped itself oh, right to heaven. Did... We need to get that on our shirt. <laughs> this little Legolas just, Gimli face in a little boat. Yeah, it shipped dude. itself. Yeah, I in a boat, and it just says it, it ships itself. It's a little swan boat, because that's what the boats that go to heaven are, are shaped like. They're all like swan boats. Of course. Because <laughs> there's so many elven swan boats. Uh, so it's like a little tunnel of love thing. And it's just, tunnel of love. <laughs> but it's Valinor on the other side. <laughs> We're dying together like men. Yes. What's better than this? <laughs> Just guys, guys being, being dudes. dudes. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, so it, it's really important, I think, for young men to see masculinity allowed to be mm-hmm. soft. Not toxic? Yeah. yeah. 
-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it. But then the problem is like, you know, I just remember all of my one of the reasons that I was like I was I was realizing like, oh, I really don't like any of the guys that I'm hanging out with. Um, I didn't have a lot of options in my tiny town that I was uh, 18 in when this movie mm -hmm. came out. Um, but the the group of guys that I saw this with, you know, like I we were just talking about the moments that we really liked. And uh, I mentioned this moment. And, you know, all they did was like make gay jokes. Like that's that's all they could do with this. This scene was like just Ugh. make gay joke after gay joke after gay joke. Right. Um, and it was and it was just like, you know, it was really irritating. Uh, you know, I guess the closest I can think of of like two male friends get, having any sort of like emotional connection with each other like this at this level. The closest I can think of is actually um, Back to the Future. Uh, mm. Marty and Doc have a few moments like this, um, but uh, you know, but it's it's just, yeah, it's it's it was frustrating. I remember at the time just thinking like, wow, like wouldn't it be great to have like a male friendship of with like someone I love that much that I would like walk them up, be willing to walk them up a mountain, or know that they would walk me up a mountain, you know? Uh -huh. Um, and, and it's like, yeah, I just did. I had nothing even close to that at the time. They were just like a bunch of dudes I knew. And mm -hmm. it was, it yeah. was kind of like a weird wake up call of like, I, I deserve better friends than this. <laughs> right. And like the depictions like this are much more common in like anime and Japanese movies that I've seen than they are in anything yeah. Western I've seen. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what yeah, like caused true. that divide in the first place. Um I don't know. Like it's just all well, of these western stories. Yeah, there's like a long in the modern of, world like, are like western this. storytelling that's just like I don't know. But they weren't always Rooted because in... Greek and Roman stories are right. like this. Um I technically I think you can trace it back to uh Victorian era England Probably. putting my my English major hat on. Um mm -hmm. <laughs> with the like the different male archetypes in those novels. Mm. Um mm -hmm. and like their values which we can trace today still. Yeah. Yeah. Because like Greek and Roman stuff have male relationships like this. Yeah just totally totally dudes just being totally friends yeah mm -hmm. right yeah. yeah i i don't i don't know and then like in i mean any just about any shonen anime i could think of has a relationship like this in the story somewhere mm. like mm -hmm. typically between the main character and his his, his rival. rival yeah slash best friend slash best friend yeah. <laughs> i would die for you yeah 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 but it just doesn't happen in Western stories. Yeah. And I remember this too. This too was like one of the earliest examples of like, maybe like one of the first times that I started hearing people like seriously code something as gay, like not just my, my asshole friends, like making jokes, yeah. but like, like actually like code this as like, Oh, this is like, this is like a, like a low key, like gay relationship. Like this is, that that's like they actually code this and it's like yeah i remember being surprised at first and then and then it was like it was like one of those moments where you just start to see the matrix code you know where you're like <laughs> yeah. they, they say that they say that and you're just like why would you think that like they're they're obviously like two straight friends who are just really emotional and yeah that never happens but also and then it was just like 
all of a sudden the the train of thought like left the station and I was just like oh I see what's happening here <laughs> like it's like right. but because like but because those relationships are so are so rare in western media it's a lot yeah exactly to see that subtext and stuff in western media well and it's but it's right it's like the combination of both well, both of those things that's what I'm saying is yeah. that it's it's the fact that like you never see male relation male friendships depicted in this way in western stuff and so then when you when you have it it's like straight dudes are like super uncomfortable about it and and you know it's being quoted coded as queer because it's it's like oh we this is the closest we're going to get you know i mean it's it's it, it was just like kind of this crazy moment where i was like starting to like realize a lot of things about pop culture and representation and everything. Yeah. And it all sort of like stems back to like literally this moment. Um, and, That's and especially cool. the moment, the, especially the moment after the movie, when all of my friends were making gay jokes and I was really grumpy. Um, yeah. So, so As yeah, it it's been. just, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really, uh, I don't know. It, this is like a really meaningful moment. I think um, mm-hmm. certainly in my, uh, I don't know what you would call that. Um, development, uh, like yeah, development. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like development as as uh, as a person who absorbs pop culture and as uh, as someone who um, you know writes uh, pop culture, hopefully, um, <laughs> and uh, and you know right, you know just all of that. Um, my development as a storyteller and and yeah, as a person who absorbs this stuff, it was just it was it was really interesting, and it it definitely gave me a leg up over. Um, a lot of uh, uh, other people once I went to college and started to really get like neck deep in this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, yeah, just such a really like meaningful scene for like so many people, um, including myself. And it means so many different things to so many different people. And it's just, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's really, it's executed kind of perfectly and it's, and it's really beautiful. And I, uh, yeah. I love this. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Sean Aston describes filming this scene as feeling sacred to him Ooh. as an actor. Yeah. Which they did this scene in three takes. What? I mean, would you want to do any more than three takes of this? That's yeah. true. They did it in this three takes. This would be takes. exhausting. They did it at the end of a day with only a few hours of mm-hmm. sunlight left because they had spent all day filming other stuff and it was the last day at this location. Wow. Mm-hmm. So they were losing yeah. the light. They started at like four o'clock in the afternoon and got this scene together and then they did the adr later i think that makes sense because that that is like that that makes sense because it fits into the emotions of the scene of like it's desperate we don't have much time we Uh have to do this now you know and so like you have those like meta emotions happening while also like pushing that into your performance it's like i think that's probably part of why this is so good yeah so either that was accidental or or peter jackson's a genius (laughs) right uh and they did it with they they did it with just two cameras running one on each actor and just Mm -hmm. cut it together afterwards with the footage wow running at the same time so they're just doing the scene with two cameras one on each of them did um did peter jackson direct this or did fran direct this uh peter jackson talks about it like he did it okay this yeah because i feel like this stuff like this is usually a fran scene yeah that's why i was asking directed by fran Uh uh-huh but he talks about doing it this way, like directors typically wouldn't do this this way, but I didn't have time to do it any other way. Uh-huh. Just one camera on each of them, mm-hmm. let it run, get the takes. Let's edit it together later. You can see that the ADR isn't perfect on some of Frodo's lines if you're looking really closely. 
Um, sure. I, Which is fine because yeah. he's supposed to be kind of struggling and sputter, sputtering. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's fine. It, it, I just kind of noticed it watching it really closely. I I don't know, and maybe maybe it's because I didn't know that it was ADR. Um, but but I I've never seen ADR that was perfect, like ever. Yeah. Um, it's always not quite right. It never mm-hmm. sounds quite the, right. Um, the vast majority of this movie is ADR'd from what it sounds like when they talk about stuff in the commentaries. My God. Like the vast majority of these movies, like anything done outside, it's, which is a lot of stuff, it sounds like they always ADR'd it. That's a nightmare. Jeez. With like a few exceptions. Yeah. Yeah. With a few exceptions. Ah. Having, ha- having, having done ADR, that is, that sounds like a nightmare. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. They, they are, Yikes. they are constantly talking about ADR in the commentaries. Um, a few specific actors they seem to talk about ADR a lot less Sean Bean, John Noble it seems like they did all their stuff on set and they were able to keep their dialogue nice man yeah, yeah. it's because they've got those booming voices right they can yeah project. <laughs> I don't think they ever mention ADR with David Wenham mm. so just mm-hmm. Gondor crew yeah just rolling up <laughs> interesting but they, but they talk I mean Gimli does John Reese Davies does ADR for tons of stuff. Yeah. They, they mention ADR almost all the time when they talk about him. I have a I have a question about this conversation. Okay, so the about the about the Sam and Frodo conversation because yeah. you said yesterday that Frodo's line about not remembering food or grass or water um, is in the book, but yeah. all of Sam's stuff is not in the book. So the my tail question: Sam's stuff is from Frodo's lines in the book. Oh, okay. Um, my 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 question is, would it be? I mean, I I, you know, I guess it it, wor- it works great as it is. But like, would it have made more sense to like reverse the two things? Like where it's Frodo saying like I can't remember water or food or grass, and then it's like Sam like trying to comfort him and like describe those things. Is that would that? Is that better or worse than what we have here? Because it does um, seem weird that like he just describes them like out of nowhere. <laughs> um, and then and then Frodo's like, yeah, I don't remember any of those things. And he's like, well, this sucks. All right. Well, let's go. <laughs> I think um, that um, I don't I think that this what Sam is, is asking him about um, kind of reminds me of a scene we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, where the clouds part and they see the star and Sam is talking about like, you know, there's still some good left. Um, like this feels like a, like a, like an extension of that. Um, and I think it like, Sam is just very good about um, recalling things about the Shire. Like that's just what he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure though. I, I, I don't know. I've never thought about that. Because this, because yeah. the way that Sam like leads into this, it's about the fact that he's just seen Frodo struggle and stop. Yeah. So he's mm-hmm. just trying to comfort him over that, and then Frodo's response is just about not being able to to be in that same mindset. Right. To, to not be able mm-hmm. to accept that hope right now. The, yeah. I think this is the only time in the movies that Sauron's power is referred to as the Wheel of Fire. Which it's referred to multiple times in, in the in the in book the text, yeah, yeah, I think so. 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I think this is the only time in the in the dialogue of the the trilogy where it's it's referred to like that. No veil between me and the wheel of fire, because mm-hmm. that's straight out of his lines in the book. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly that. That's just something he says, and they decided to keep it without having any other kind of reference to to ground that in. Um, I think the visual reference of his, you know, like circular eye that's wreathed in flame is yeah. good enough. Like. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. this leaves out like Sam's weird visions of the ring kind of being a wheel of fire mm. from the from the book. The phrase "wheel of fire" is very biblical. Yes, almost certainly intentionally. Yeah, like a like an angel. But uh, but it's a fallen one in Sauron's right. in Sauron's yeah. case. But they're still angels. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess to answer your question, I'm not sure that it would be better or worse but i think the tone would be different mm. mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. this is a this is a question and an answer rather than like a, a statement and then an encouragement yeah right right and i think the fact that the second yeah. part the, i think the fact that the the hopeful part comes first is important for the theming for the last part of the movie mm. and for and for the this dialogue of Frodo is to be sandwiched between two moments of hope. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it works better this way from a movie perspective because the mm. the circumstances around Frodo's lines in the book are very different. Yeah, because he just mm-hmm. volunteers the information. Yeah, he just volunteers this information as he's struggling with the ring. Yeah. It's also not long before Gollum shows back up in mm. the book. I well, I think that makes sense because it was like, because the reason that he's struggling so much, I mean, I mean, you know, partially it's because Sauron but um, but also because he's you know he's starving like they're starving and they're they're dehydrated and and it's mm-hmm. you know they're crawling up a volcano and yeah. so I I don't think it I don't I don't feel like it's out of nowhere I think that it's like it's like wow I'm hungry and thirsty but I don't remember either of those things and I'm laying on rocks and I don't remember what grass feels like mm-hmm. um like I, I I get it I get why that would that would you know, it wouldn't come out of nowhere. It's just, it would seem like it, I think, um, maybe if you're not like taking into consideration where his head's at, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It makes sense to me. I guess, I guess it was just, it was, it was just the fact that like, it was just the fact that Sam's, you guys said that Sam's lines, except for the, the last line of, I guess, of his bit, um, yeah, the was not from the cream. book that it was, mm-hmm. Right, right. Is that like all all of the rest of it was just like written for the movie. Um, And so then that made me think of like, whoa, I wonder why they decided that. And then it just made me think about like alternate versions to adapt this scene if that were the case. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's all I was thinking about. I think it works better as a question and answer because we don't have um, Frodo's like internal monologue like we would when we're reading it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that does make sense. Yeah, their their journey through Mordor, the circumstances of it are also contextualized pretty differently in the book, because in the book, they still have Lembus. Yeah, that's true. Until just this last push yeah. where they eat the last of it. I think the night the they night fall asleep under the star. A couple nights yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. Like they still had the Lembus until. No, yeah, they still had the Lembus until Kirith Ungle, And then I don't remember if they recovered just a little bit on their way out the door or not. I don't remember. But they at least had Lemus bread right before she loves Lair. Yeah. Like yeah. explicitly in the in the book. But here they've they've mm. they haven't eaten anything in like a week. 
Yeah, it's been a while for them. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. This yeah. this mm-hmm. this scene is is incredibly powerful. Yes. It's mm-hmm. it is this is perhaps like one of the probably one of the most impactful scenes on me too when I saw these movies for the first time. I remember seeing this in theater and mm-hmm. this is one of those moments like I am no man where like the whole theater made noise. Mm-hmm. What happens to immediately after this minute ends? Yeah. yeah. The way he says, do you remember the taste of strawberries just like breaks me. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. what? Not so much watching it minute by minute, but like when you're like fully immersed in it, I just like am weeping by, by this yeah. time. It's just like, yeah. oh no. Yeah. Oh, Frodo's so going to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you still got Sam yeah. there. There's still your Sam. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. But I think that does it for this minute. Do you have any other thoughts on um, Lord of the Rings since since we're wrapping hmm. up here? Hmm. Have you said your Do piece? I? I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean they're just they're they're. I mean they're great. I mean I don't know. Yeah. I don't. You know they're they're really great movies. They're not movies that I can revisit a lot because of how long they are, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably too busy for my own good. But um. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, they're just, they're, they're great. I mean, they're going to, they've stood the test of time, uh, rightfully so. It's too bad about those hobbits, Mm -hmm. but, um, these are, uh, excellent. Yes. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Nice. Uh, thanks for joining us all week. (laughs) Yeah. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It was fun. This was a good week. Um, but we're all from the website duelinggenre.com. Once again, you can check us out there. Um, and for all of your Movies by Minutes related needs, you can go to moviesbyminutes.com, which is like a collection of like all over 150 of these nonsense podcasts. Um, so These labors of love. Yes. Eh, it's, it's a difference of opinion. <laughs> well, at the end, I think we all feel like Frodo. Yeah. yeah. Tired? Yeah. It's over. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> But we're not quite there yet. So we'll be back at it again Monday. Um, hope everyone has a good weekend. And yeah, we'll have another guest. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>